For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, sports fans, to another show of the Charity Stripe Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water, do you believe we have a great show for you guys today? Miles Turner joins the boys, so buckle up, tuck it into your waistband, because here we go. Three, two, one... We're back. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Hit your free throws, cuz they're free. Sode 362, coming hot at you guys, and sode 361. And I'm joined on this one by Alex Tossman, the Rocktosopolis, Nicholas Snacks Kreider, and yes, fellow Longhorn and NBA big man Miles Turner on this awesome show. And before we can get into that awesome show, I got to remind you guys that we are brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today, get your welcome bonus, and guess what? Go and bet and win money. NFL is here. Go throw down a parlay. We'll give you a parlay on the next episode, on the radio. Check us out there too, 1090 AM, 6 to 7 Thursday nights, PST. EST is 9 to 10. Quick maths. But go to betonline.ag and bet money and win money. And if you don't win money, blame it on us. We can shoulder that load. But most importantly, enjoy this interview. It was an awesome one. And we hope you guys love it. The Charity Stripe presents Miles Turner. All right, we got a special one for you guys today. We got the king of the NBA block party, fellow Longhorn, the master and destroyer of Vemo trolls. And I don't know if you remember this, Miles, but Halloween, your freshman year, oh, we boy. ran the beer pong table together. Oh, me, we did? You Joe, me, you, and Joe Schwartz went around west campus and found this random <laughs> house party and you and i played beer pong and like ran it for like three games oh so we were doing good then we was rolling oh yes sir that sounds like me hi hey, I, I was <laughs> i was about to say my gut check reaction was sounds like you were doing good and nick's along for the ride and good vibes making sure like the camaraderie and synergy between you and jim Listen, and stuff are good. like just like a lot of people on west campus where my memory probably wasn't too good that night so i'm just hoping that you know just kept it <laughs> yeah, every oh, yeah. Ho- every Halloween in West Campus, I always start with a shirt and finish with no shirt. So that's just, uh, that's just generally how you're it one goes. Of those. <laughs> I, 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 I am the uh, that's a Miles Turner, ladies and gents. Uh, he's with us today in the off season. How's the off season going, man? Any travel anywhere cool? We know you're a big traveler. Yeah, bro. I've, <laughs> I've been traveling like pretty much every week, bro. I've been to. Uh, I never really spent much time in Arizona. I spent time in Phoenix and Scottsdale towards the beginning of summer. I went there to, I went to LA for about two, three weeks and went to Vegas for a week of summer league. Then I went to a Telluride, Colorado. Uh, I went to Missoula, Montana. That was cool. I just got back from Napa Valley. 
Uh, I started this office now in St. Bart's and St. Martin's. That nice. was cool. I've uh, definitely been an avid traveler. You know, I've got a lot of uh, got a lot of work in with my rehab and whatnot. Got my body back right, so it's been it's been a good off season. Dude, that was one of my favorite things in the off season. I'm so curious about that. You posted a photo of you right pretty much around when you got injured, and then your transformation working back into that. And it was very it was just really open and candid. Uh, what was the thought process like going into that post where you were opening up like that in front of everybody? Were you a little nervous? No, I wasn't nervous at all, man. I think, um, you know, you signed up for a life of scrutiny uh, when you get into this uh, this type of position. And I kind of wanted just to share, you know, my story in a sense, because I know a lot of people are going through a lot worse stuff than I am. And, you know, to be, you know, at this level and to have this type of following, to be able to share your own personal experiences, that, re- that resonates well with a lot of people. And, you know, I've had a lot of people, you know, reach out to me via DMs and just say, hey, man, I really need to hear this. I really need to see this. And I appreciate it. And I've had other players reach out to me and say, yo, like, you know, that's, that's good stuff. You know, I needed to see this for motivational purposes and whatnot. So I, for me posting that, it wasn't necessarily a thing I was doing for me. Uh, I was kind of posting it to, you know, for other people to see that, you know, but you know, maybe a freshman athlete, but I'm human too. You know, I go through it, you know, and it's age and mental health. Everybody's talking about it. You know, it's one of those things that I kind of want to get the ball rolling with it because, uh, you know, I was at the forefront of it. <laughs> you know, I was really going through it. You know, when I first got that injury, that was the first time we missed up. I've never missed the playoffs. First time I, I guess I missed that. Uh, amount of games or the long stretch of season. So it's yeah. definitely something uh, wearing. You know, when a guy gets injured, they just assume, okay, he's a professional athlete. He's got everything around him. He's going to be fine. They're going to work him through the rehab and he's going to come back a-okay. They're, they're reviewed as superhuman, you know, and I'm sure you know that, but just kind of have that openness and really be like, yeah, I'm going through it too. And even like the, the drinking aspect and all that, there's people, you know, just fans who also have that kind of stuff too, who do get injured and have a tough time coming back. So I really love that was, we know you're a yoga guy too. I'm a fellow yogi as well. I'm big into the hot yoga. Is that something new or have you always done that? Uh, I've been doing yoga for like probably like five years now. Wow. You know, I, I transitioned um, the yoga I was doing before was called a stronger, but it was, uh, it was aerial stronger. So I was doing the stuff in the straps where I was literally hanging from the ceiling and doing all sorts of different crazy poses. So it was like some Circus LA type stuff. I was about to say Miles Turner and the Cirque du Soleil out here. <laughs> yeah. No. It was really cool just um, just to push myself to see, push, just push me on my limits, I would say, doing that. Mm-hmm. I kind of do the more traditional yoga, like the vinyasa flows, more yin, yin classes, and just kind of just doing it for the, just a workout, you know, body, mind, and spirit, whatnot. It's just honestly, like, in this day and age in the mental health space, like, we're on our phones so much, and it's just automatically an hour. Even in workouts, sometimes you could be lifting and you could just pull up your phone. You could be on a run and pull up your phone. It is way too hot in the yoga studio to take out your phone. You're going to ruin that iPhone. It's just going to be so right. sweaty. It's crazy. But yeah. Man. Some of the other bigs in the league see that, like what you're posting and the aerial stuff. And they're like, Miles, what are you doing? Like, well, like what's going on? I, it feels like something that's pretty unique for, for an NBA player to take part in. Yeah, of course. You know, people were just, you know, looking at me as like, yo, like, what are you doing? Like, you should be in the weight room. You know, you should be putting on muscle and this, this, and that. And it's like, yo, I'm a, I'm a big. So mm-hmm. I'm a very mobile, a mobile big at that. So, you know, when you play with all the extra weight on you, that's a lot more wear and tear and damage on your knees, or your, your joints, whatnot, because you're just adding more pressure to it. Now, when you stretch them things out and you, you lengthen and strengthen your muscles, which yoga does in a sense, um, that leads to longevity. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what my... I guess my mindset was behind it because, you know, I'm not, I, I just know, like, genetically, I'm never going to be like just the bulkiest, like, dude, like, I'm lean, you know, I'm strong, but I'm not just going to be like your, your Dwight Howard, you know, big shoulders and whatnot. It's just, that's just not the make of my game. And the way I play, the way I move, 
know, I got to be as mobile as possible. It's seven, six, 11, seven feet tall. And yoga is one of the things that's very, that's a beneficiary to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seven foot in cowboy boots, man. That's what I always say. I always tell people that I'm five eleven in cowboy boots. I got, I got some coming in actually in the next couple of weeks. Hell yeah, man. They're so, I always sell anybody I can on them. I'm from New York. Originally I would roll back home and I'd be wearing them like off the plane. And my buddies be like, dude, why are you wearing these things? Like, you know, where are your air force ones? I'm like, Guys, trust me. I'm five eleven now. People are looking at me different. I can kind of sniff six feet. It's where it's really working at the bars with the ladies. And all my boys are like, Yeah, we're going to Nashville next week. Let us know where to get some as if I know everywhere right. in America to go out and you gotta uh, keep your yeah. Texas roots, you know. You're talking about how you travel so much. I mean, will any city ever top Austin for you? You know, it's funny, bro. I actually just moved there. Um, you know, I set I set up home shop there, a uh, home base there. Um, and I'm still I'm going through some renovations and whatnot. So I haven't yeah. been Live there as long as I would have liked to, but um, there's no place like Texas. You know, obviously I'm from here, but you know, you just get everything. It's centrally located. You can travel easy. There's something for everybody. A different city for everybody. Like you know, it's, it's anything you would think of is here. And mm-hmm. um, I've traveled all over. I've traveled some of the you know across the world. I've traveled here. Like nothing just reminds me of Texas. So I love it down here. Do you have a Do you have a state count going? Have you been to all fifty? I haven't been to all fifty. It's a goal of mine though. Just at least touch them all. I've never actually, uh, I haven't been to like some of the, I've been to a lot of the Western states. I haven't been to a lot of the Eastern states or like some of the Northern states as well. So I'm trying to touch all those. Mm-hmm. What yeah. about the Hawaii and Alaska? You've been out there before? Hawaii, Hawaii, I really, really want to do Alaska in the summertime. I heard it's beautiful up there and that's something that's actually on the bucket list. So we're going to get that done. But yeah, Maine's great too. If you could ever pop over to the Northeast, it's, like just, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful in the summer, man. So worth it to go over there. But yeah. New head coach coming through. Toss is a Toss grew up a Mavs fan. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Dallasite, so I grew up a, a diehard Mavs fan. Was that your team growing up? Yeah, sure was. You know, I um, you know, I, I it was I was always been a Mavericks fan, but when Kevin Rand started doing something with OKC, I followed OKC Thunder a little more. I never necessarily claimed them, but that was, that's the team I watched. Like I guess most sense. But when the Mavericks had that championship run, you know, really over the course of two three years, that's when I followed them a little more closely. So I was definitely a Dallas guy. And Rick was the coach, and now. Rick is your head coach. Have you had a chance to talk a lot with him? And has he has he really like grabbed a hold of the team and talked with everyone mm-hmm. and, and started to kind of, you know, work with you guys and, and plan things for the season? Yeah, um, actually, you know, Rick's here in Dallas. He lives here in Dallas. His kids go to school here. So we actually right. were able to. Um, and I'm currently here in Dallas you know, for my offseason. We actually be in the gym together you know, uh, for a couple of weeks. And um, wow. We got some good work in. We got some good work in. We got some kind of good combo. But I think it was one of those things that once you get up to Indiana, that's when we're really going to uh, get everything rolling. So I I appreciate his time. I appreciate the fact that he actually wanted to get in the gym with me and work with me in a sense. He's not have to do that, but you know he um uh, he made it a, I guess a focal part you know uh, a focal point to come in here and uh, work with me. Yeah. What What's it like? I think you know you you mentioned that just the scrutiny is there, right? If you're a professional basketball player. That people are going to talk about you. They're going to look at you under a microscope. Paul Millsap just got signed by the Nets. And obviously they've got a lot of big names on their team. Same thing with the Lakers. What is it like being on a team like the Pacers, who I would say, and we say on our show all the time, bunch of underrated guys, bunch of guys that aren't getting enough love that should be. What do you all Um, say to each other in the locker room? Are you paying attention to that? Is it just kind of like, it's out there, whatever media is going to say, what they're going to say, let's just take care of business. What's the mindset like? And then the day, bro, we're like, we're all NBA players. So everybody you know, wants the best for themselves and you know, other teams have other philosophies with that. I think as a, you know, a pretty historically underrated franchise, you know, we, we look at it that way. 
So it's like, of course, you're going to get up to play like the bigger teams in a sense. But like, you know, when you start looking at these teams down the stretch, like I honestly think those teams don't really start taking it serious till playoffs for the end of the season. So when you're playing them in season, it's more of like a tune up. You're trying to just go at these guys, but they're, I honestly don't think like they're taking that serious as you as you would think. And once you start getting towards the playoffs and everything starts ramping up a little bit, that's when those teams become elite. And that's when it starts to see like, oh, like this is a different level, you know, of play. So you don't necessarily look at it as, oh man, this is unfair. Like they have all these guys, this, this, and that. It's like, bro, like, so I don't give a shit. Like I'm about to I lace my shoes up just like he does. So I'm about to go yeah. out here and just hoop. Yeah. I mean, I, I even think with the two first rounders that y'all took this year, like guys with massive chips on their shoulders, right? Like Chris is a guy that's older. And because of that, there, there's definitely like ageism that goes on in the NBA draft. And then a guy like IJ who like people are just saying he's a rim runner. And it's like, no, I can do more than that. I can do more than protect the rim and catch lobs. So I, I think I imagine just like y'all have a big chip on your shoulder. So when you go and you're playing those quote unquote super teams, like you want to get them and you're going to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. I think that's, uh, I like our two rookies too. I'm a, I was down to summer league. I was able to watch them play in person. And um, I think those, it's one of the things like, I know when I was a rookie, I was thrown in the fire right away. And, like there was no, league, there was no development. Like it's just go out there and play. And personally, I think that's the best way to do it. You know, you go out there and, you know, you look your wounds, you just play, you know, you play through your mistakes, you know, hopefully, you know, um, you, I, but at the time I had a head coach that allowed me to do that. You know, I'm not exactly sure what Rick's philosophy is with the other guys and, you know, um, uh, draft picks and whatnot. But I think they can come in right away and make some sort of impact. And that's the only way to learn is through experience. the best teacher. For sure. And I'm sure, you know, you're probably excited to be kind of that veteran leader for them as well, where they can learn from. Who are some guys for you when you came into the league that you learned from when you got in as a rookie? Yeah. Um, so Yamahimi was like my first, like, I guess he was like my vet per se. Um, you know, he was actually played, he was on that championship team in Dallas as well. I really kind of just followed. I mean, I'm sure he knows it now, but like at the time, what I, I, what I learned over time was the fact that as a rookie, I was watching everything, everything that the older guys were doing, like whether it was passively or I was just actually watching what they're doing. Like I just picked up on everything they did. And it was Jan, CJ Miles, another big, big one as well. You know, he's here from the Dallas area. Um, George Hill, he was one as well. And then, um, being on the team with Paul George at the time when he's kind of ascending towards the start of the sense he just got off those uh, two Western Co- or Eastern Conference Finals appearances. Um, I just kind of watched his work ethic and how he carried himself. So as I was getting older now that I'm a you know veteran in this league, like it's it's on me to instill them that same work ethic or instill that same professional sure. habits in these younger guys. Mm-hmm. So you can tell someone to do all you want to, but if you show them or if you actually lead the way in that sense, they're going to fall in line. And I think that's the biggest philosophy with that. Yeah, and like we said at the top, we're all Longhorns, and we had a Kispert on our show about a month ago, and we were just talking about like what it's like with the Gonzaga guys. What's it like with the Texas guys in the NBA? I mean, because like Jarrett plays the same position as you. Obviously, Mo plays the same spot as you. Like, are you also like kind of being a mentor to those guys as they're coming in? Like, you know, as well as the Pacers kids. It's a little different, I would say, because once you go separate franchises, you know, certain guys that take you under your wing, like. You know, for Jared, he got to go in there. He was with Kyrie. He was with, you know, uh, KDU in a sense. He was with, uh, no, he was part of Devin Harden. But he was here with all these guys that played at such a high level, you know. So his, you know, his philosophy or what he learned might be different than what I learned. You know, I'm not, I'm not taking away from any of my teammates or whatnot, but obviously there's, there's levels to this basketball game, you know. Like sure. the level they played at wasn't necessarily the same time or the same caliber of the level of teammates that I had. So, 
you know, then you have Jackson Hayes, like he goes to New Orleans and he's on a younger team. Not a lot of best on that team. So you have a whole bunch of guys that, you know, are still trying to figure it out too. So of course his philosophy is gonna be a lot different than Jared's mines or Mo Bamba the same way. It was Orlando, another young development team. So uh, I think out of all the guys, me and Mo are probably the closest. Like we're the ones that we probably talk the most, but everybody else is kind of like a, you know, it's, it's a mutual respect thing. We always show love. We say we say what's up to each other. But, you know, it's just uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of the horns in the league, really. I don't think about it. So you got DJ Augustine, PJ, you know, KD. Yeah. It's plenty. You need Corey, Corey Joseph, Avery Bradley. It's plenty. Tristan Thompson. Can't forget Tristan about him. Thompson. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah he's, he's on the news. There's no offseason yeah. for that guy. <laughs> you know, it's funny because Tristan was one of the first ones that, like, he really, like, tried to make it a point to go at me when I first got in the league. Like, he wasn't really? – he doesn't, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't talk, like, a lot of, like, noise, but yeah. he's physical, right? So he would check me. He would check me, check me, check me. And then it was a playoff series. You know, I had a really, like, big, like, dunk against him. And I think that's when he finally, like, earned some respect for me in a sense. Because like, when you come into this league, like, you have to take respect. Like, and nobody cares what you did in college. Like, I never would – so, like, one thing, like, uh, one of my vets told me when I first got to the league was, yo, like – I don't give a shit what you did in college. I don't even watch college basketball. I was like, <laughs> everybody watch college basketball. What are you talking about? In the past three years, I hadn't, I, mean, I watched the championship game, but that's it. It's like, wow. it's not even that you just don't, it's two different levels of play. You know, mm-hmm. like you don't watch college basketball. So you can have someone come in national play of the year. If that's don't, if that's don't give, give a shit about none of that, you got to <laughs> you know, earn your respect in this league. Mm-hmm. With that being said, though, do you still, I mean, keep in touch with the organization of the Texas Longhorns basketball team? And, I mean, do you still follow them? And what do you make of the new Chris Beard, Beard hire? Yeah, I'm actually going down there on um, uh, well, tomorrow. I'm going to go meet with uh, – so I know I actually know a lot of the coaches. Like, like Coach Ogden, he was uh, on, uh, uh, he was on the staff when I was there. Coach Jaron Howard, he was at – he recruited me at Kansas. Um, and there's a few other people on the staff that I know as well. But I never met Chris Beard. So I'm gonna actually going to meet with him this weekend, you That's know, chop guys on the team uh and just be around like you know so I, I live in austin so i just never had the chance to go out there and meet anybody yet because like, i've been here in dallas all off season so i definitely still keep in touch with the uh with the organization you know with those guys because you know i follow texas basketball and i think we're actually pretty good this year oh, yeah i mean we're i mean the state of our team is looking better than you know we have in a few years and i think we we, we also run a texas uh football podcast called horns up and it's with Quan cosby and he had just mentioned that Sarkeesian has really put an emphasis on former players coming out to talk to the current players on the team and get back within the program and, and all the guys in the NFL kind of instilling some knowledge into these young guys. And I think it's really important. And I think with Beard being a longer himself, I imagine that's something that he wants to do going forward as well, especially, you know, with yourself living in Austin. And I know that KD comes back every now and then to talk to the guys, but uh, I think that's something that's super important. I mean, I, I'm curious to see how you feel about that. Um, well, I think that when I was there, Katie came and hooped with us like one time and he didn't like give it like a big motivational speech or something like that. But it was kind of the same that I go through uh, that I alluded to earlier about being that vet and just watching everything. Like when I was there, when Katie was there. I just watched the way he carried himself in the gym. I watched the way he, you know, he just demanded the ball when he played and this and this and that. And that's the type of stuff that you can't like, can't talk about. You got to see it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to have former players there and coming back because that means they, you know, they had a great time when they were at, um, at the university. It shows that, they, you know, they want to, you know, they went there, they, they, um, they made it to the league, but they still want to come back because of the culture that was established there in a sense. You have situations where players don't come back, you know, you maybe not think about it as a, you know, as a college athlete, but it's like, why aren't these guys coming back? Or like, why does nobody want to be here? There must have been some bad blood. There must have been something right. that went on. Yeah. So that's where I think it's so important when you have these players come back just so, 
you can see the support of the program where you see these guys are, are following you. Like when you're 18 years old in college and you have a, a KD, a Miles Turner, you know, whoever like saying knows your name or like knows your, like your game and like is actually watching you. That does a lot oh, for you. It's so, dope. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's huge for recruiting for sure. Yeah. Do you follow Chet Holmgren? Cause he's like a big with like crazy, like point skills. Are you buying that hype that he can really be like one of these unicorn guys coming in to take over after he does his damage at Gonzaga? You know, yes, yes. And no, like I, you can't teach like the, you can't teach height. Yeah. You can't like he has in a sense. Right. So he'll always have that. The ball skill, very impressive. What he does, like bringing the ball to the floor. He's able to shoot the ball. The ha- his handle is very impressive. I will, I will say that. But the biggest thing is, like, there is levels to this basketball game, you know. Like, high school is one thing. One thing I learned my transition, the game is so much more physical and in college. And it's so much faster. Then it's even more physical when you get to summer league. Even more physical in training camp. Even more physical in preseason, season, yada, 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 yada. So it's one of those things where I think that he's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just know, I don't know how fast he's going to be good. You know, because when he I don't even know how much he weighs, but he looks like he's pretty frail. Well, you don't really you can't really get away with him, uh, you know, with just length and dunking over everybody and cause as much as you would. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. I have nothing like prop yeah, yeah. humor. For those who can't say I just held up a straw to Miles. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I actually really do like his game. I think that he's gonna be good over time. He's gotta put on more weight just like anybody like else coming in from college to the NBA, yeah. but he has all the intangibles. Without without uh, obviously like uh, you know, being healthy is a, is a point of emphasis, I'm sure, going forward for the season, taking care of your body, as it always is. Is there something specific that you're focused on this year that you're trying to add either to your offensive skill set or on the defensive side of the ball or just like one thing you're focused on going into the year from a play standpoint? Just the emphasis on being a two-way player. You know, I think that everybody, you know, at least by now knows what I can do defensively. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that often. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've, I'm not saying I'm going to go out there like KD jacking a bunch of like threes, no handling, but like there's a lot more to my game than what I've been able to show in the past. You know, with Rick, uh, um, you know, Carlisle being an offensive coach, I think that it kind of fits perfectly for what I'm trying to do. So I'm obviously going to keep continuing on the up and up on the defensive prowess, but at the same time, I got to keep on continuing to add some offensive game and, uh, you know, show what I can do on that end. So just kind of improve my offense, uh, improve my shooting percentages, be more consistent with that. And really just being more of a leader, man. Like, you know, I'm going on year seven now. I'm the longest, you know, tenor pacer. You know, I'm 25 years old. So it's just the fact that I <laughs> this organization, you know, guys kind of look to me to, you know, to lead in a sense. So, yeah. That's crazy. You're the longest tenured pacer. You've been in the league seven years and you're 25. Yeah. It's, it's wild how that flies. I mean, but the reason why I love that team, man, that was, we said, we said it earlier. I think Sabonis has got to be maybe, if not, the most underrated guy in the league, one of. I mean, obviously, people don't, you know, have the respect for your offensive game the same as they do for the defensive game. And Brogdon epitomizes what you said if they don't care if you're a first overall pick. The guy's a second-round pick and comes in when's rookie of the year. I yeah. mean, how, how much are you three talking? Because you guys really are the focal point of the team about what the expectations are this year. Well, we have – we'll just we'll just go down the roster because you talk about being underrated. You still have guys like TJ Warren who hasn't played in a year. Oh, yeah. And- I remembers his bubble performance. Like that's TJ. Like that's that's him to a T. Then you got Karis LeVert, who is just one of the best one-on-one players I've yeah. seen in a long time. Um, then I like I was talking to my boy about today. Hey, Jeremy Lamb. He's like he's one of the most like offensively talented people I've seen like ever. Like like just being in practice and whatnot. Like he's just a certified bucket. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, you got guys like TJ McConnell, like heart and soul of the team. You know, he comes out there, gives us all. 
Um, you continue to go down the list, but like you're those just, are the guys. You're just listing guys, and every time you list them in my head, I'm like underrated. Yeah, underrated. Yeah. underrated. Like, 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 oh, I forgot about him. Oh, I forgot about over that. That's how it is in Indiana. It's like, oh man, I forgot that guy was there. Oh, this, this, and that. That's yeah. kind of how this of our roster goes. But then you have like the young guys, like no one, not a lot of people have seen, and maybe not even heard, of like Edmund Sumner. Edmund Sumner is one of the most explosive, you know, players yeah, I've seen. He's a, he's a great athlete. <laughs> Really, he, but he can really score. He can really play. He locks up and he's competitive. Like we have all, if you look at like us, like um, on, the, on like a depth chart, we have everything we need to be a great team. And I was just about the chemistry. But going back to like Domas, like Domas is one of those guys. He, he's a brute. He plays. He plays at his level. And you know, you him, his father obviously was one of the one of the better players that we never really got to see play. You know, what I mean, he did most of his damage in in Europe, and he came out here towards the end of his career and was still killing. And then when you have that and it trickles down to your son, he's able to go out there and kind of implement the same stuff with the new age of basketball and the way he plays. It was very impressive, you know, what he could do and bring to this team. It's an aggressive mindset. And then Malcolm's my guy. Malcolm's probably the guy I talked to the most of the team. Point guard went ahead and, you know, run the show. So I go on and on and on, but we have the talent to be a great team. Yeah, and now the health, too, because Levert's injury was an issue. Obviously, Lamb getting back to full health. TJ missed time. And McConnell, I would staple my pockets if I was next to that man. That guy has got the quickest hands in another <laughs> life. He was a professional pickpocketer. It is it's like the 10-9 steals a game like at the half is bonkers what he's pulling off. Yeah, And with, with Rick you know, coming in there, I think another thing that's just completely underrated about y'all's team is that everyone's willing to give up the rock. Such a great passing team and like Domas is an amazing passer. You're an excellent passing big. TJ had 18 assists one game. Like people, oh my gosh, people on, on social media are ridiculous. They're like, can't believe that guy got paid. And it's like, did you like just watch? Just watch basketball. Like no, man, no one's that, willing to do it. You know? That's a great little segue. Cause when I first got into the league, like they're the guys that I've never heard of or the guys that I've never put in the game in on 2K were the ones that was busting my ass the most everybody is like on a roster for a reason. If you're oh, on a yeah. team, you did something, you know, you're one of the best 450 players in the world. You did something to be on that team. And that's what doesn't get recognized enough. I remember you guys might remember his name was Luke Babbitt. White yeah, boy. Oregon guy. Yeah. Oregon guy. It was a bucket. I've heard of him before, but I've never actually like just watched him play. He used to like kill me. Cause I was a, when I first got to the league, I wasn't really accustomed to guarding the perimeter. It was only just like blocking shots, being the frame. I had to guard, start guarding perimeter guys. So I was playing with Jan. And he was one of the guys, like, he just, bro, he would just get off. And I'm like, bro, who, who is this white boy? Like, he's just, no. <laughs> who is, who is white boy? like, he's out here going crazy. And Jan was another guy. Like, I've heard of Jan, but in training camp, he was killing me. I was like, this is Jan Mahimi. Like, in my head, I'm like, it's not like one of the premier bigs, but he's a professional athlete. He's a professional NBA player. So I hate when I see, like, that on Twitter and stuff like that, where guys are like, oh, oh, you paid him $20 million for nothing, or he's, he's a piece of shit. He's this, this, and that. It's like, bro, you have yeah. no idea how talented these guys are oh yeah i mean i love one of my favorite videos i've seen recently in the past couple months is scalabrini who's oh, love it, yeah. well hilarious first of all well retired and some guy a young kid in the gym who's probably good at basketball like you know for a guy who plays pick up at the y challenges him to a game and he goes dude i'm an nba player and he's like doesn't care and then he just absolutely works him. and scalabrini's older yeah mm -hmm. i mean people just i mean they don't realize and some of these guys, not everything shows up in the statute either. Jared Dudley had a really good quote. Yeah. Like, you know, because obviously he, a lot of, he gets a lot of hate because, you know, he's, he's a more heavier set, like kind of on his way out. Yeah. The league <laughs> And he was just saying, like, 
why? How is this guy on a, on a team with LeBron James and this, this, and that? And he came back and said, well, like, oh, whatever may be the case, I'm LeBron James to you. <laughs> so, <Literally. laughs> yeah. I'm LeBron James to you in comparison. I was like, man, that was a bar. Like, this is kind of how it goes. Yeah, that is a bar. I mean, I hope it's, I mean, Drake, we're recording on Friday. We're going to be releasing Tuesday, guys, because the holiday week. Oh, sorry, recording Thursday, uh, releasing Tuesday because the holiday weekend. But Drake's album comes out at midnight, I believe. And I hope that is a bar on the album. If not, maybe we'll get it on the beat side to get it in there. Um, cool. Miles, man, we love having you on the show. We always ask all our guests the same question before we let them rock and roll. Could be right. from anything you playing, you watching, could be when you're five, could be you three weeks ago. What is your favorite sports memory ever? Wow. Okay. Sports memory ever. If you got a couple, that's cool. Um, I did. So one of them, we'll, we'll pull from the Dallas, from the Dallas run. When Dirk caught, I think it was game five, maybe game six against the Miami Heat. And their uh, championship run, I think it was like five seconds left. And like Dirk caught the ball at the elbow, dribbled all the way with his left hand, laid up on Chris Bosh, and it was a game winner. I remember watching that with my dad. And my dad was kind of going, he, he wasn't going against the Mavericks, but he wanted to see LeBron and them win. Uh, but I just remember like just looking at his face. He was like, like, damn, he's like defeated. But I was so happy. I was like jumping up and down. We watched in the living room. That was one of the ones that was cool. I got to experience with my dad. Um, I think another one for me, um, baseball is like my first love. Like I absolutely love baseball. That's I'm, awesome. Yeah, yeah, like I, I have like a goal, like hitting every single MLB arena. Like I'm, like I, I think I've only been to nine, so I have like a long <laughs> way. Have you been um, to Fenway? Haven't been to Fenway. No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. Wow. But no, I was uh, I was playing, uh, and I was probably like in fifth grade, and I was like one of the better guys on the team. Like I was like a, like a like a heavy hitter, and I hit a walk off like to win the game. And like my entire family was there, like my, my aunts, my cousins, my grandma, like mom, like everybody. And uh, that was such a cool moment because like to see like the excitement, the joy in their face, to see that like I did that, like I brought that joy to their face. That was one of the things like kind of pushed me to continue just to keep playing or being an athlete in a sense. It's yeah. like the joy the other people in a sense. Like obviously I do this because I love it. It's fun. But you bring so much more. I guess join a layman to other people when they just really watch you. You got someone who's like, there's room for you in a sense, you know? For sure. So, to to that baseball awesome. point, do you still follow baseball? I don't follow it as close as I used to. Like, if you ask me, like, who played on this team, this is that, I couldn't. But, like, when I was younger, I knew everything. Like, because I played yeah. the video, everybody on every roster, who was this, who was that. But I still follow enough to, like, know, like, what seems good and whatnot, you know? Yeah. Have you ever thrown a first pitch out in a game? <laughs> I have. I thrown. I threw the first pitch out the Rangers game here here in Arlington. Oh, uh, now it was actually that was actually a good one. I didn't throw it super fast, but it got there. I did one when I first got drafted to Indiana. They have a. Um, I'm not sure if it's double or triple, but they have a, they have like a you know a minor league team. Yeah. Uh, I went out there and I absolutely bombed that one. Like it was terrible. <laughs> like, like I didn't realize how far away the mound was yeah. from the yeah. home. Watch on TV is like, oh, it's whatever. It's <laughs> yo. It was really, it was really far. I mean, you can't be as bad as 50 Cent. But that, yeah, that was, we were not going to talk about that one. That was tough. Yeah, um, that was brutal, no, I just, hard as I could, it just went straight up. Like, yeah. it, it just went straight up. Like, right over Bro's head, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's awesome. like, Bro, I'm not as tall as you. I pitched for one game, and my coach was like, uh, Stick out, stick you out there. 
that's, that's, awesome. that's great, man. I love those. I love those kinds of memories, especially when a lot of pro athletes come on and their memories are always kind of from them just dominating in like little league, which is always hilarious. Right. <laughs> All right, miles, what your old brother. Thanks for joining us. We loved having you on uh, best of luck this season, man. Go kick some ass. We'll be pulling for the Pacers uh, and you down in the paint, man. Big hook them. Much love. Yeah. Big hook them hook horns, man. Oh. Awesome interview. Again, hope you guys enjoyed that one. We loved having Miles on, wishing him the best. And it's hopefully a kick-ass season for him and the Pacers. Go Indiana. Love having athletes on. Like, all of a sudden, I'm a Wizards fan for Kispert, rooting for Sharif in Atlanta, Herb, Nolans, and now Indiana soon. Won't even be a Celtics fan. Psych. But also pulling for my boys. As always, fans out there, drag both feet inbound, swing on a full counter, rip that puck, hit that putt, hit your PKs because they're free, and hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they're free. We out you. We love you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.